thank the worship team. Isn't the presence of God a beautiful thing? Aren't you a beautiful thing? Now I'm preaching good, aren't I? See, you were made in the image of God. Is God beautiful? Come on. And what are you, you're made in his image. So you can say, I'm beautiful. I'm good looking. I'm a handsome fella. You can say that in the mirror every morning. Because that's the way God made you. Presence of God changes everything. The presence of God changes everything in a moment. And today, we are going to continue deeper in and farther in into being trained how to pray according to the Lord's Prayer because it's a model, it's a teaching. And for the last several weeks, we've been diving into this process of the Lord's Prayer. And I got to tell you something. This week, something happened in my life that I'm going to share with you. And it's something that God's, God's changing the way I see life. He's changing the way I see reality. How many know when your worldview changes, everything changes? Because it's a lens on how you do life. And through the Lord's Prayer this week, God is changing my life. And I want to share that with you. There's three specific attitudes I want to share with you that we're going to dive into this week. Those attitudes, how many know attitudes affect your day? It's called alignment. Attitudes and alignment go together. Because if you have a bad attitude and the right thing, it still doesn't work. Ever hung out with someone, they know what the right thing, but their attitude stinks? They don't want to be around those people, do you? So today, we're going to talk about three specific attitudes, how to get them in order, and those three things prepare you for one kingdom thing. Three attitudes to prepare you for one kingdom come. Three attitudes, three preparations, three steps will release one great thing, one life-changing thing. And it makes sense that Jesus taught his disciples this because it's a perfect uh, method, principles to prepare for greatness in your life. And you know that Pastor Barry and others have been prophesying over this church and this season in preparation for this spring and fall for the breakthrough of God in this land, in this church. And I'm telling you, what we're doing now, it's called preparation. This is what God's doing. This is not an accident that Pastor Kevin said, we need to focus as a house of prayer. It's on purpose. Because what's going to happen after this release is going to be so crazy, so good, you got to have things in order first. Because you don't want a bad attitude and a full tank of gas. That just popped out. You don't want a <laughs> you don't want a bad attitude and a full tank of gas because everyone's got to sit there in the car with you and listen to you. That's the gas I was talking about. Thank you, Barry. We are getting ready. Now, as, as a pastor, my job is to help prepare you, but how many know I can't do it really for you? So what you get today, you have to go and apply today. 
if you do the truth and, and you know the truth, it will set you free. But you have to do the knowing and the doing. Just like I have to take care of my own. So Pastor Kevin has already led us through the first four words. Our Father in heaven. He spent the last two weeks on those four words. So today, let's grasp the spiritual power from the next sentence, which is, uh, some people know it as, hallowed be your name. But I don't speak much King James anymore. I don't say hallowed very often. So, So I just say, holy is your name. Or may your name be kept holy. Holy is your name. So what's happening when we pray, holy is your name? That's what we're going to talk about. Three attitudes that release one kingdom come. Now, is this a religious mantra? See, I would have thought it was. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be there. I felt like I was praying a religious mantra. How holy is your name? Like, okay, God, you're so big and so holy and so scary and so perfect, and I'm this lowly sinner down here, and I hope you don't strike me. I am I'm a dirty, rotten, scoundrel sinner, you know, but by the grace of God, I snuck in. And every day, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop on me. Holy is your name. Fire is all around, and I'm this worm of a man, and I hope I get through the pearly gates someday. Maybe if I work hard enough. Holy is your, you're so holy. It's like, it's like putting a separation between you and God. Holy is you. You're up here. I'm lowly down here. Does that sound like the type of prayer Jesus would want to teach his disciples in intimacy with the Father? No. It's the wrong thinking. But that's how I thought that meant. Oh, holy is you. Woe is me. Have you met people like that? Oh, man, they zap zap the energy right out of you. Oh, it's me, but oh, God. No, we're not supposed to be separate from God. We're a family of God. The Father has adopted you. He's not afraid of you. He wants you to come into his house and sit at his table and feast from his table. He's not ashamed of you. But we'll get to that. So here's attitude number one. When you say, holy is your name, what you're saying, the first attitude is what you're doing is you're sanctifying God in your heart. Write that down on your phone, on on how you take notes. Sanctify God in your hearts. It's an attitude. It's a decision you make in your heart. You say, God, holiness means to sanctify. Sanctify means to set apart. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set apart God in my life. I'm going to put him as number one. When I pray, I get in position as the God of my life is number one. Jesus is number one. Holy Spirit is number one. That's sanctification. It's putting something in its proper place. To sanctify something means it's good. It's great. It's awesome. It's to be worshipped. It's to be holy. That's what it means to set it apart. So God wants to be set apart in your life. Does that sound familiar? He doesn't want any other gods before him. So sanctify him in your heart, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions, in your strength. It's it's love, really. You're putting him first. God wants first place because he's God. 
we remind ourselves that he is the top priority of our life. That's sanctification. You're setting it apart as number one, numero uno. And here's what I was reminded a couple weeks ago. This isn't a sleepover. Jesus isn't coming for a sleepover. Some of you feel like, well, God visited me once and I had an encounter with God, or he saved me once, or he did this once. Those are sleepovers. How many know sleepovers are fun? Lots of pizza, games, your friends, video games, you know, crazy stuff. But Jesus is coming for a permanent transition into your house. We think it's a sleepover. Oh, it's fun on Sundays. It's great at church. But you know, I got to struggle Monday through Saturday. No, 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 no. This is a permanent move, okay? This is what I mean by permanent. He moves into your house. When you, when you repent and say, I was wrong, you were right, I'm trusting Jesus Christ to make it right. I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. He moves in by the Holy Spirit. That's called faith. He comes in. He the for sale signs ripped out, the, the for rent signs torn down. He comes in, he's got a bedroom, he's inside. Everyone point right here. This is God's home. He's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. He's not gonna leave you. How many know if God's in the house, he's not gonna make you pay for rent? You, you starting to get it? This is a different kingdom. When he comes and moves in, he's taken over. He's not leaving you. And this is what God showed me. You know, if, if you looked up God's address by the Holy Spirit, it would say, Mark Henshaw, and then it would say, and Jesus Christ, and he would have his address as my address now. When you mailed something to him, it would go to my house. He lives at my house. It's permanent. He's like, no, I'm with him. He's with you. We think this is a game, a, a transition thing. I, well, I hope, I hope this works. I hope prayer works. That's not how the kingdom works. It's not a sleepover. When we make number one, God number one in our life, he comes in for good. And he's staying. He's got staying power. Now, you can run from him, but he, he, if he's inside of you, where are you going to run? He just goes with you. Oh, God, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You run over here. I'm going to do whatever sin I want to do. Go ahead. God says, I'm right here. I'm inside waiting for you to repent. Daddy's always home. Sleepovers are great. But having Jesus Christ as your forever roommate, oh my goodness. The Holy Spirit. He's coming home. See, God is holy in his nature, meaning he's set apart in his nature. He's the only one. And it's a reminder that the Father is the one who makes us holy. Holy is your name. What we're really saying is, God, you're set apart, you're perfect, you're wonderful, you're, you're majestic, you're awesome, you're the Savior. And because you are that, now I am becoming that. See how it changes your thinking? It's not a woe is me, it's a thank God. It's who you are and who I'm becoming. See, we don't have to worry about earning our way to God. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, if I say it right 15 times, then I get closer to him. No. Jesus already paid the price for you to get close. So now we can celebrate who he is and celebrate who he's making us to become. 
When you make Father God first in your life, that's when you make his name holy. When you make him first in your daily life, you're telling the Father your first place. Your actions speak louder than words. So who will get the most affection in your life? How can you tell if God is the first place in your life? Well, just look at the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if you've sanctified God in your hearts, that kind of fruit is popping out of your garden. If it's not, you're probably working in the wrong garden or doing something. You've sanctified something else in your heart. Whatever you behold, you become, right? So if junk's coming out of your life, you've been hanging out with the wrong father. Does your wallet and checking account confirm that God's priorities are your priorities? Who gets the first fruit of your income? Who gets the tithe of your income? Who gets your free will offerings of your income? It'll show you who has number one in your life. It will show you if you sanctified him in your life. Because there's spirit, there's soul, there's your emotions, your, your time, your will. There's all kinds of areas of your life that you can sanctify God as number one. It's not just the spiritual part of coming to church and worshiping him. It's every area of your life sanctifying God. And don't think you have to do this tonight or something. Just surrender your life and say, Jesus, help me to sanctify you in every area of my life. I give you permission to bring correction and transition and teaching and equipping and training in my life. And he will do it. So that's our first attitude. First attitude by him, which means... When we have our attitude sanctified to God, that means first means first, first means best, first means priority, first means he's worthy, first means you value it. When we make God first, we become like him. We remember that holiness is who Father God is and holiness is what we're becoming. I thought that was connected. Okay. When we are connected to God, we are becoming set apart. And that's going to get into later into the message. But you can realize, when you connect to a God who's set apart, what is he going to do to you? Set you apart. This, is, this whole thing is on purpose. He said in 1 Peter chapter 1, 15 through 17, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And I used to think, oh, great. How am I going to be holy like God? Because I know my own behaviors. They don't quite match up. But if you see that holy means to be set apart, God says to you, be set apart because I am set apart. If you set God apart in your heart, he's going to set you apart. It's not as much about your, just your behaviors and your moral choices. He's setting your entire life up in righteousness for his will on earth. 
So we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We don't come to him in prayer because we've earned it. That's a lost cause. We don't grovel at his feet because we sanctify him in our hearts. The second one, second attitude is that he's a father, not a force. Okay, so number one, you sanctify him. You put him first. Say, okay, God, whatever you want to do, we're going to do it. Your will. We'll get, you know, this is all in the prayer. You can see how it's going to come out. But he said, you put God first, but then you don't come to him as God. You come to him as Father. Don't come to him as G-O-D. Come to him as F-A-T-H-E-R or D-A-D-D-Y. It changes everything. I thought father was a title of religion again. I grew up with father as a title, not as a person. We're unlearning some bad theology and we're learning some good theology. Father is not a title. It's a position in my life. The song, it was in one of the songs. He's fathering us in the valleys. So when you come to prayer, not only do you put him first, but now you come to him as a son or daughter. And you say, Father, what's important to you today? Father, what's on your heart today? And you're not wondering if he loves you or if he likes you or if he's going to support you because that's already taken care of. He's your father. You can't earn a father's love. He loves you because you are. So we, not, we don't come to him as a foreign deity of someone who we can coax with good behavior. We come to him as a dad. And how many know dads can be really manipulated by their children if they ask enough and consistently what they want? Do I have any parents in here? Does a child ask for like, you know, oh, could I have some candy? No. Okay, dad. No. Half hour later, can I have that purple one over there on the third shelf with the ring pop? And you know, children are specific with what they want. They're consistent with what they want. And they won't stop usually till they get it. They're, God's trying to speak to us today. You need to be consistent, persistent, and come as a son or daughter and ask him from the position of a son or daughter to a father until it comes into your basket. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm not talking to, I don't, I'm not praying. I've already used my prayers up. I'm saving them for a really good one. I've talked to people like that. Let's not use all those prayers up. There's people in worse condition than me. It's not hard for God to spend time with you. You know, he wants to spend time with you. He's hoping that you come and sit at his feet. And you can tell him all your stories, and he can tell you all his stories. And somewhere in the middle, there's miracles that happen, prayers that get answered. So from now on, all of our requests are made through the filter of a loving father. That's what I said this week. It's been changing the way I think, because when I used to go to prayer, you know, you're thinking about what you need, what you want to do, what you need. And I go, wait a minute. First of all, God needs to be number one in my life. What's, what are my motivations? Put them back in order. Second, hi, Dad, how you doing? You notice there's a difference there? You're not always just asking what you want. You're checking in with your father. And then father can correct you. He can 
bring up something else. He can affirm you. He can smile. He can bless you. But we come into every conversation now, putting the brakes on a little bit, if at all possible, putting him first and then acknowledging his role in our life. And when you acknowledge God as your father, you don't have to be your own source anymore. How many of you are tired of fighting to get your own things? I saw one hand. I know, I grew up thinking, you just work harder. And the harder you work, and the more Christian things you do, then God will eventually let it out. Well, it seems good. But how many know Father means source? So you can either try to go get it yourself on your own self-made man lie, or you can say, my dad already provided that, and now I'm going to steward it with him and walk it out with him, and he's going to be there with me. We're going to have a great journey together. Who told you you had to pay for it by yourself? It's not in God's word. We become like our father. You will become like whoever you hang out with. And in this prayer, holy is your name. We set God first priority, then we come to him as a father. And you will reflect your father, good, bad, or ugly. I reflect my dad. He's thousands of miles from here. We're about the same size, same shoulders, same laughs, same silly humor, uh, same love for food. And he taught me my work ethic. He taught me how to treat people. He taught me how to honor people. I became like my father. My dad went to church. I go to church. My dad loves God. I love God. My dad is married to his wife. I will be married to my wife. Or I will die. We become like our fathers. But how many know not everyone has a good earthly father? I do. That's just the grace of God. I didn't earn that. You don't pick your parents, right? But you can pick God. You can pick Pick God as your father. So those of you, like Barry was praying for that spirit adoption, today's your day to say, I had a past, that's, that is what it is, but today I acknowledge that my current dad, my father in heaven, is good and gracious, and I accept him. That's the hand I see out there. Yeah, he, Jim's like, yes, for me. How many would say yes to that? It's called being fathered by God. And it's not a religion. It's relational. And it messes up everything. How many know relationships are messy? So when you give God permission to father you, watch out. Because he's going to start working on some stuff. Because that's what dads do. God is your father. He's your covering. He's your protection. He's your provision. Number three, here's your third attitude. We must know our place. We have to be, you have to have an attitude of knowing where you stand with God. You got to know your place. Kevin, Pastor Kevin said, our father, we just talked about that. And then he went into what? Where is he at? In heaven. You got to know your place when you're praying. First of all, you set God as number one. Second, you have your 
time with him as a dad. Three, when it comes time to pray, when it comes time to ask, you don't do it snoveling and graveling and begging and hoping and pleading. No, that's not how a son or daughter does that. What you do is you ask according to the proper position that you have. You are seated in heavenly places with God in Christ Jesus. So when you talk to him, you don't do it uh, like bragging or something. You just ask clearly, confidently in faith. And the Bible says, if you would loose it on earth, it's loosed in heaven. And if you bind it in heaven, it's bound here. So you just say it. You have authority. You have a legal right as a representative of the kingdom of God to do what he tells you to do in prayer. And once you get this, everything changes again. Because you know who you represent. You don't go in on your own strength. You go in wrapped in the presence of God to your job site, to your workplace, to your family meetings. You represent somebody else. You are a new citizen of heaven. And you have all rights and privileges of that to bring to earth. So when you pray, when you pray in Jesus' name, the Bible says, you ask clearly, with confidence. The Bible says, go boldly in to the throne room of grace. And you ask clearly. And you, and you begin thanking him for what's happening. Don't just plead with him. Thank him. Because it's probably already done. It's faith. Thank you, God, for providing that X, Y, Z. Do you need a car? Do you need a house? Do you need clothes? Do you need your bills paid? Do you know that the Bible said, Matthew 6, that he'd already take care of that? So why are you fighting about it? Why are you even worried about it? You've gotten out of alignment. You've taken on the position of God and you're trying to provide for yourself when God said he would do it. You got to repent and say, I'm sorry for trying to do that. I'm sorry for taking your place. Father, I surrender and say, no, you go ahead and take care of it. You said not to worry about my clothes, my car, my food, my shelter. You said you'd take care of that. You said instead focus on the what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Guess what verse is coming next? All these things, these shall be added unto you. And in the Lord's prayer, guess what comes after holy is your name? Your kingdom come. You see how he's setting you up? He's setting you up, church, to bring the kingdom to God, a kingdom of God to earth. And I believe Pastor Barry will be here next week. Are you speaking next week, Pastor Barry? Yeah, so that's the plan. This is a setup. This is a setup. Sanctify him in your hearts. Go to him as a father. You ask in all authority. And then the next verse says, your kingdom come. You see where this is going. He's setting you up for a power transfer from heaven to earth. You, not just the pastors, not just an elder, a teacher. Yeah, that's great. But you are bringing kingdom of God to earth because you've made him number one. You know him as a father. And then you've walked in and you, and you talked to him. You know, you have access to things because you're a son or daughter that nobody else does. You can make a demand on God appropriately because of who you are and whose you are. And God is sitting there with the treasures of heaven waiting for someone to ask. So don't pretend to be all humble and not ask for anything. Because just sitting up there waiting. So this week, I want to challenge you to start asking. 
as a son or daughter. Ask, seek, knock. And here's where I want to end. So we've got the attitudes in order. The kingdom of God is about to break onto the scene. And Pastor Barry will take us there next week. You are not going to want to miss that. Because we're going one, two, three, explosion. It's going to happen. It is happening. So we've had the three attitudes in order. And this is what happens when you do that. Can everyone say open heavens with me? Do you want to live under open heavens? God just showed me this a few weeks ago. Jesus is the perfect model for this. In Matthew chapter 3, it was before he started his public ministry. Verse 13. He said, then Jesus came to Galilee to John the Baptist and at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. He's talking to Jesus. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he, John, allowed him. Well, you see, when Jesus said, wait, 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 I know this seems backward, but dad told me to do it. And John goes, oh yeah, we're doing it. My bad. See, it's righteous. When you spend time with the father, he gets your life in order and you just do it. And once John realized that this was a righteous thing, he said, you're right, Jesus. I'm going to be baptizing you. So the baptism happened. And Jesus came immediately up from the water. And behold, what? The heavens were opened to him. Do you want to be under open heavens? Or are you content with just kind of getting by just enough? Or Do you seem like there's never enough? But with Jesus in a right alignment, there's always more than enough. And I told a few of you this a couple weeks ago. When I was at the grocery store, a guy called and I got him a gift card because he called the church. So I ran down there on Friday to get him a gift card from the church. And he wasn't there. So I ran in and the line was busy. So I said, oh no, I'm going to be late because I had to get the girls off the bus. So I jumped into the next line. That line was now busy. Her card wouldn't work. She didn't have enough money. But with God, there's always more than enough. Do you know what she didn't have enough money for? Baby formula. So I said, wait, I'm buying that. The church is buying it. She said, you are? I said, yes, the church is buying your formula today. She goes, you're going to make me cry. I said, well, we're doing it. And then I said, where are your gift cards? I grabbed two. I said, no, not one gift card. We're getting two now, right? There's more than enough in the pantry of God. So as we went out, I said, and here's another gift card for you from the church. Gave her a $25 gift card. I ran out. The guy was out on the street. He was so happy. Gave him the $25 gift card from the church. And I'm not trying to make a religion or rules out of this. What I'm saying is there's more than enough. I wasn't just at the the grocery store for that man. I was there for the lady too, the grandmother who was buying formula for the grandchild. There's more than enough. When you're in alignment, you're ready and you don't have to say no so much. You can say yes a lot more because you're not looking at your own resources. You're looking at your father's bank account. I'm not talking about going into debt or being stupid about it. I'm talking about being faith-filled 
meeting needs from God's storehouse. So Jesus, the heavens opened to him and the spirit of God descended like a dove and it alighted upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Remember, this is before he did his ministry. He wasn't doing anything special yet, but this is how God felt about him. He knew how to align himself under authority before the release. Do you know how to align yourself under authority? God can't take you to those assignments in the kingdom until you get under authority. Because you'll just be like a wrecking ball going all over the way. You got to come home. You got to be under authority. You got to know how to submit both to God and man. God works through authority. And if you have a little bit of rebellious nature, anyone with a little bit of rebellious nature out there, a little bit of independence. Okay, see, there's some people raising hands. Okay, come home. Come home. Bring your independence. Bring all your personalities. Just come home. Say, Dad, I'm here. I don't know how this works yet, but I'm coming home. Jesus did not have a visitation of the Holy Spirit. It didn't say that the dove came and went by him and, you know, did a little white poop on his shoulder and took off. Not in my Bible. It said the dove came down and alighted upon him. Do you know that when we get into proper alignment, the dove comes, the Holy Spirit comes, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, in the love of God, and it goes from visitation to habitation. This is open heavens. We're not looking just for altar call opportunities anymore, although those are great. We now live where the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. See how we're coming home? This is a setup. We're no longer looking for, oh, I got to wait for this or wait. No, no. Kingdom of God's here. Right, Mike? It's our job to let it out. We're moving from visitation to habitation. We always have access. We always have more than enough. We always have favor. We always have his goodness because that's what my father said and he lives at my house. Ephesians chapter 2, I'll close with this. Verse 19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You are becoming the dwelling place. And I used to think that meant, okay, let's get chair two out and work really hard and we're going to build the church. We're going to build it. No. This is a passive verb, meaning we are the receivers of the action. Who's doing the building? It says in the verse, Jesus. So stop it. Stop trying to do it. Let him do it in you first. It's backwards, Christianity. We, all of our life, we thought we had to do it. Now we're saying, no, Jesus, would you do it in me? Would you build the house? Would you build the habitation? See, all of us, we're growing into this holy home. This is a Holy Spirit house, all of you. And when you walk and you come into your, Aaliyah, when you come into your high school, 
You're the holy house. You're the habitation of God. And when you see someone, you're going to have a ministry to them. You lay hands on them. You encourage them. You pray with them. Because you carry the living God. And the Father comes right out and just wraps their arms around them. And you're just being you. You're just having fun. You're just living life. Abigail, same for you. Just, Just let it out. Let the love of God out. Let's close. And next week, watch out, because our hearts are in order. We're having our relationship with our Abba Father. We know our authority, and then the kingdom comes. You are not going to want to miss next week. So let's get our house in order this week. Let's get our priorities straight. Let's repent. There's a grace to repent. Say, I'm sorry, I missed it. God, I try to take your spot, but Father, you take over. You get numero uno in my life. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is life to us. It's like true bread. And in the word of God, in the Lord's prayer, it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you that we are prioritizing you and sanctifying you in our lives. We now know you and beginning to know you as a father, not a force, And we now know that we have absolute authority to do the will of God here on earth because you have placed us in heavenly places and given us legal authority to bring the kingdom to earth. So with all that, God, we say thank you and we're getting so excited for that breakout of the kingdom here on earth, here in Belleville at Desert Stream. And we aren't going to miss it. We're getting ready. The house is in order. So be with us. Be with our children. Help us to pass these truths from generation to generation in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for those online. Have an awesome week. And we'll be back next Sunday at 10 o'clock.